So we're moving on to our, um, our next section, really, of, of our study of the Spirit. And as it says there, the, the aspect of the Spirit we're going to be considering now is uh, communicating the mind of God to us. Um, as, we, as we may have discussed in our groups, um, the Spirit works in different ways and, and does different things in, in the life of, of the believer. And as we know, um, those who are truly born again, those who are believers in Jesus, are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. Um, we're going to just be focusing in on this idea that one of the Spirit's key roles in our life is that he communicates the mind of God to us. Um, so as we've said, we're, we're indwelled by the Spirit if we're those who have, who have trusted in Jesus and accepted him as our Saviour. John 14 and verses 16 and 17 says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So, what does it mean for us to have the Holy Spirit within us? Well, before we, we answer that, let's just briefly step back and, and just recap a bit on what Michael was telling us about. Um, this idea of the Spirit, I'm, um, I put this slide up just in case Michael didn't uh, touch on this, but thankfully, um, I should never have doubted you, Michael, you, you, you touched on this already. Um, when we talk about Spirit, um, this is one of the Greek words which is often used, and I think this is the one that Michael was referring to, um, the word psyche. Um, it can have the idea of, of the soul, sometimes it's translated as the soul, or it can be um, life, and it means really the essence of life within us. And as Michael said, it can, it can mean this idea of the breath of life, the, the thing that sustains us, the thing that, that, that we consist of in terms of being alive, being, being human beings. Um, there's another phrase, um, another bit of Greek that might be helpful to us. Um, in Ephesians 3 and 16... And um, in 2 Corinthians 34, uh, sorry, that's, that's not quite right. So, uh, in 2 Corinthians, anyway, um, Paul uses the Greek phrase, esoanthropos, and it means the inner man or inner woman. It's not gender specific, but it, it just means um, our very core, the essence of us, what it means um, for us to be who we are, the, the idea of it being our, our inner human. Um, we don't have to spend our time today talking about the differences between the mind, the soul, and the spirit. That's not what we're, we're really focusing on. But it's simply enough, as, as Michael told us already, just for us to realise that um, the spirit, or spirit, encompasses the most important aspects of who we are um, as people. And with that in mind, how can we translate that to the Holy Spirit, um, the, the Spirit of God? Well, given what we've already said about what the spirit is... Um, we can say that it's, it's the very essence of who God is, not forgetting what Michael said, that it's not, it's not a byproduct of God. It, this Holy Spirit is, is a person, a distinct person. But we can still say, can't we, that the Holy Spirit um, consists of the very essence of who God is. That can be his, his perfect character, his will, and his influence. All of these things consist within the Holy Spirit. And as we've been thinking already this morning, how amazing is it that the Holy Spirit dwells within us. So within us we have um, the essence of God's perfect character, God's will and God's influence. How amazing is that for us to think on today? So the passage that we're considering just um, briefly this morning, um, this afternoon, 
Um, we're looking at 1 Corinthians 2 and verses 6 to 16. There we go. You're in a being, Ephesians 3 and 6. Um, it's a bit small, so you might have to turn it up in your own Bibles. But um, we'll just read through, through the passage that we're looking at. Um, 1 Corinthians 2, verses 6 to 16. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak. Not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness, and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments, for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So just uh, 11 verses there, but it's jam-packed with, uh, with um, teaching about the Spirit and who the Spirit is and how the Spirit reveals God's character to us. We're just going to spend just a few minutes looking at the things that, that we can glean from, from this passage. So Paul was telling the Corinthians in this, um, this passage that the things he taught them they weren't cleverly devised words from his own mind, from his own intellect or, or wisdom. They were things that were received from the Holy Spirit. And this is perhaps our first indication that um, part of the reason, perhaps one of the key reasons that the Holy Spirit was sent to dwell within us um, is to teach us the things of God, the mind of God, the will of God and the truth of God. It's summed up in verse 7 where uh, Paul says, We declare God's wisdom. Um, the wisdom of God, it's, it's something that's revealed to us through the Holy Spirit. Um, the wisdom of God is different to the wisdom of the world. Have you ever found yourself talking with someone who's not a Christian, trying to explain um, a principle of the Bible or something that you know to be true about God? It could even be something very simple, something that we perhaps take for granted or we, we learn early on in our, our Christian, um, Christian life. And perhaps sometimes we just find ourselves at odds with people, people who don't believe what we believe. Um, we try and get a message across to them about God and, and they just don't seem to grasp it in, in the way that we want them to. Um, well, perhaps this verse is telling us that we're to expect that. The, the things that we know to be true about God, the deep spiritual truths that we know, um, they're God's wisdom, they're not the world's wisdom. And these two things are, are opposing so we're to expect that the world will have difficulty and won't be able to grasp the, the deep spiritual truths of God because these are things that are revealed by the Holy Spirit that indwells within us. <clears throat> As it says there, verse 10, these are things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. 
So the Holy Spirit plays a key role in revealing the things of God to us. Um, and those, as we said, without the Holy Spirit can have no hope of, of grasping th- the depths of who God is. Perhaps we can, we can maybe impart facts to people. We can teach them what the Bible says and they can retain that information. But it's another thing, isn't it, to really grasp um, the, the truth of God. Even, even with the Spirit's help, we, we still struggle, don't we, to grasp the magnitude of God, the, the glory of God. Um, and those without the Spirit's help have no hope of doing that. Um, how could we, without the Spirit's help, do that? It's clear, isn't it, from, from this passage that um, the things we know of God, the, the truths of God, are revealed to us by His Spirit. <clears throat> Moving on through the passage, it says in verses 11 and 12, The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who, who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Coming back to where we started, the idea of the Spirit being the essence of a person. Um, we may not be able to define what constitutes the Spirit or the soul, what constitutes the mind, but we know, don't we, as we've said, that the Spirit of a person is the, the very innermost uh, being of that person, that the innermost thoughts and characteristics. And that's what it says here. Who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? That's, that's telling us that without having the spirit of God dwell within us, we have no chance of knowing who God is um, on, a, on a deep level, on an intimate level, as we have the privilege of doing with, with the spirit of God's help. And so it says we've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who's from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. We were thinking in our group about the idea that um, the Spirit is a free gift. It's something that's given to us. Um, none of us who are, who are saved, who have um, received the Spirit of God, we haven't done it through our own skill, or our own intellect. We haven't worked something out from, from God's Word that, that others have, have failed to do for, for lack of um, skill. It's a gift to us from God to have the Holy Spirit and to have these things revealed to us. And because we have the Spirit of God within us, it says we may understand what God has freely given us. So it's an amazing thing, isn't it, that, that we can know God intimately and directly, not secondhand, but firsthand through, through the Spirit's revelation to us. <clears throat> Verse 13, it, it underlines again that um, the things that Paul taught and the things that, that we can uh, teach each other and receive from each other they're not our own wisdom. They're not our own words. They're words taught by the Spirit. That, that expression, I think, really sums it up well. Explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. <clears throat> um, it stands to reason, doesn't it, that the, the spiritual realities, things that are not of the, the physical world, the spiritual realities, can only be explained with Spirit-taught words, as it says. Um, and even the, the wisest and smartest among us, the, the best teachers in history, um, they'd have no chance of explaining these things were it not for the Holy Spirit's work in revealing them to us. Um, it also gives us reassurance in this verse that the teachings of Paul and, and the other apostles that we have in the New Testament, they weren't things that were, were plucked from their own intellects, but they were, um, the early apostles were passing on what the Holy Spirit had taught them. So if ever we find ourselves thinking, well, how did Paul know this? How did, how did the, the early disciples and the early apostles know these things about God that had never been um, written before, perhaps? 
we know that it's from the Spirit. It's not, um, it's not guesswork or it's not from their own minds, but it's, it's from the Holy Spirit teaching them these, these spiritual truths. <clears throat> Verse 14, it tells us about the, the approach of the world, the mindset of the world. The person without the Spirit considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they're discerned only through the Spirit. <clears throat> As we were saying earlier, um, it's frustrating, isn't it, when we're trying to explain things to, to non-Christians, things that um, we've perhaps known for a long time and, and they, they haven't got the, the grasp of it in, in the, the way that we would expect. But um, in preparation for this, someone had explained it as it's a radio tuned to the wrong frequency. Um, if, you're, if you're sending out a signal at a frequency and the radio is not tuned to that frequency, you can turn up the volume all you like, you can, you can scream and shout to, to use a different analogy, but um, if the person isn't tuned to receive the message, then there's no chance, is there? So that's why so many that we, we speak to or, or we hear about in, in the world reject the word of God as foolishness. Um, we have no hope of accepting the word of God without the, the Spirit's help, as we've, as we've said already. Verse 15, it might be a, a curious phrase at first. It says, the, the person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. Um, is that saying that we can go about and we can judge things and, and whatever judgment we proclaim is, is correct? Um, I don't think that's the sense of the, of the verse. Um, some have said that we can exchange the phrase, makes judgments for examines. The person with the Spirit examines all things or investigates all things. Um, it's, really, it's really to say that those of us who have got the Holy Spirit helping us and indwelling us, we have the capacity to examine or investigate or to make judgments about spiritual things, things that are not confined to the physical world. There are things that um, are of the spiritual realm that we, we know to be true from God's word, and these things have been revealed through the Holy Spirit. But um, those without the Spirit would just say these things are foolishness. They might dismiss them as, as um, just fantasy or, or, or other things. Um, but Paul tells us that those without the Spirit, they can't investigate, they can't examine the things of God in the way that we who have the Spirit and have the Spirit's help can. Um, and they condemn these things as foolishness. But Paul says that those who make a judgment on spiritual things who haven't got the Spirit of God helping them, um, their judgments aren't accurate, their judgments aren't, aren't worth anything because they're made by those without capacity to make them. So we can, uh, we can be reassured that when we're investigating the Word of God, when we're reading our Bibles, when we're trying to, to um, discern the, the mind of God, we have the Spirit helping us. And we, we have the Spirit allowing us to, to examine, to make judgments, to investigate the things of, of the spirit, spiritual world. So, how does this all work then? How does the Holy Spirit communicate to us? How does the Holy Spirit teach us? Um, I'm sure James will, will go into this in, in, in more detail a bit later, but really for, for just a few, for the closing minutes that we've got left here, um, I just wanted to focus in on, on the idea of spiritual truths, which is what we've been thinking about. Spiritual realities explained with spirit-taught words, as it says in, in the verse there. Um, we know, don't we, that the Bible is God's primary means of revelation of himself to us. Um, in the past, in, in the Old Testament, God 
spoke to his people in different ways. He used signs, he used prophets. Um, on occasion, we even read that God spoke in an audible way. People heard God's voice speaking to them. But we know that um, these, in, in these times, the Bible is God's primary means of revelation of himself to us. And as we've said already, without the Holy Spirit's help, we have no hope of grasping these spiritual truths. So it's the role of the Holy Spirit to help us to grasp what the Word of God is saying to us and really to, to take it to heart in a way that will affect our lives. <clears throat> James 1 and 22, a very well-known verse says, Do not mis- merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Um, that's a reminder uh, that we're not, really, we're not merely to take in the Word of God, commit it to memory, and that's that. Um, to really grasp what, what God is saying to us through his word and to really grasp who God is and God's character, it requires a response from us, doesn't it? And it should, it should elicit a response from us if we really are getting to know who God is through his word. Um, and it highlights the fact that we need the Spirit's help to translate the word of God from words on a page into action in our own lives. So I think... One challenge that we can take away uh, from today is when, when I read the word of God, when you read the word of God, do we ask God to speak to us? Um, we're aware, aren't we, of the, of the Holy Spirit living within us. But do we ask God to help us? Do we, do, we ask, do we seize the opportunity to hear from God himself speaking through his spirit within us? Uh, perhaps we're too casual. I know I am. Um, when, I, when I come to God's word, perhaps I just dive in. I'll try and figure out what it says straight away, but perhaps it's, it's a good practice for us just to take a minute, just to pause before we approach God's word and ask God to speak to us through his Holy Spirit because it's, it's a miraculous thing and it's something that we have, we have access to because we have the Holy Spirit within us. <clears throat> 1 Thessalonians 5 warns us not to quench the Spirit. Some of us drew those fire extinguishers and... Um, snuffers for the candles on our, our drawings and this is the the sense of that do not quench the spirit do not treat prophecies with contempt but test them all hold on to what is good reject every kind of evil this is a just a warning to us um perhaps some have described the the way that the spirit works within us as um like a hunch or a feeling oh i, I just felt that that god was calling me to do this that that can be um something that God uses to speak to us, but we should be wary of those kinds of things, those intangible things that, that we might consider God uh, as God speaking to us. Um, we might have a hunch or a feeling to go one way or, or the other. Um, let's never reduce the Holy Spirit down to that, that level. Um, as we've been saying this morning, the Holy Spirit is the fullness of Almighty God. He's a person and he's in perfect unity with the Father and the Son. So the verse reminds us, uh, to test everything. It says, um, do not treat prophecies with, con- with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. And so when we're looking for a message from God, when we're asking the Holy Spirit to speak to us, let's always be coming back to God's word, checking what we think we've understood against the word of God, which we know um, doesn't change, and we know is, is the primary way that God reveals himself to us today. So, how amazing that we can, we can know the Holy Spirit working within us and how amazing that God has chosen this way of communicating with us by sending us his Holy Spirit to be with us. Um, 
The Holy Spirit teaches us the depths of God's character and all the spiritual truths that come with that. So um, our challenge really is to engage in this daily, often. Let's always be asking God to, to speak to us through his word by the help of his spirit, um, with the Holy Spirit helping us to grasp the precious truths that are within it. Thanks.